1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: E.J. and Tony joins us in person, in studio. Thanks for being here today.
1: No,
2: Dawn, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So take me through it. I'm, I'm going to start with, you know, Bidenomics and this whole premise Where, the you know, Joe Biden just says, oh, no, Bidenomics, it's working. We're good as we face perhaps the Fed once again raising interest rates. We all feel it at the grocery store when I don't even want to talk about my Pico bill or the water bill. Take us through this and why we're we're all feeling the brunt of Bidenomics and his failed policies.
2: Sure. Well, I think Bidenomics really is, is just a bunch of half truths. And the perfect example of that is when the president talks about how, uh, people's wages have gone up so much. And, and that part of the story is true, right? It's, it's that, it's the good part of the, the half truth. So people's wages are up something like 12% since Biden took office. And nor- normally we'd be ecstatic about that. We would love that. But here's the problem. Prices have gone up even faster. And so you have a larger paycheck that can buy less. And, and so again, you know, the, the first part is great. But then when we hear the rest of the story, we realize how terrible it is to to put it, put in context of just how bad. Uh, last month, the average American worker was paying what is basically an inflation tax on their hourly wages of $4.55. That's essentially doubling that average American worker's income tax rate. So. Again, we want to remember inflation is a tax. This is something we've talked about before. Inflation is a tax, but Congress doesn't vote on it. The president doesn't sign it. It's still a tax, though. It's a way for the government to transfer money from you to them. And, and frankly, I can't think of a better definition of a tax than
0: that. Yeah, and what did you once say, and I don't know if it's even more now, that it's the for the average American, it's about $7,500 a year more that we pay. I'd seen that number. Do you think it's higher than that? As far as everything,
2: so it, it's it's come down a little bit because the last couple of months prices uh, have, or excuse me, uh, wages have been rising at a at a pretty good clip, and inflation has cooled. It hasn't stopped, right? Prices are still going up, but it's not quite as bad as it was before. So it's about seven thousand dollars for the average American family, and there, there's really two components to that. One is the fact that, as you were just saying. Uh, With with prices going up so much faster than wages, Mm -hmm. right? we're demonstrably poorer. We have less uh, that we can actually buy, again, even though our paychecks are bigger. But then the other component to that is the fact that as the Fed has been hiking interest rates to try to deal with the inflation, the, the same inflation that they themselves helped cause, everything's getting more expensive in terms of your borrowing costs. So I don't care if it's your mortgage or your student loans, if it's credit card debt or auto loans, doesn't matter. It's all getting more expensive all of those finance charges. So you combine just those two effects and you're looking at the average American family. They they feel like they're $7,000 poorer a year.
0: And and so I'm just looking at different headlines and just gauging your reaction, EJ. The Fed's obsession, this is Business Insider, the Fed's obsession with 2% inflation could cost Americans their jobs. And that's I love to to look at the cause and effect of, you know, the Fed meets what they're scheduled to meet again, I think, in 11 days. And so we're all bracing for this. But the cause and effect, because a lot of people don't realize who I vote for and how that translates into a policy that then translates into whether I keep my job, lose my job, pay more for butter and milk. I have teenage boys. I can't keep the milk in the house. And it's just the prices go up. Can you take me through the cause and effect?
2: Sure. I mean, the only reason we have inflation is because the Federal Reserve steps in to pay for ridiculous levels of government spending. That That's it. Full stop. Nothing else causes inflation. That's not to say other things can't cause prices to go up, right? Like, what was the first thing Biden did when he got into office? He canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. He immediately started throttling Uh, the American supply uh, of oil to the market, not just domestically, but internationally. That has put upward pressure on oil. Oil affects the price of of almost everything in our daily lives, in both products and services. Mm -hmm. So things like that can cause prices to go up. But in terms of inflation, which is just a purely monetary phenomenon, where the price of everything is going up because the value of the dollar is going down, that is caused by the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve essentially creates money literally out of nothing, and gives it to the government to spend. That's that's the the shorthand version of what happens there. And as that as that plays itself out, people uh, see their dollar can't go as far. And then that again, like we said before, that's just a mm-hmm. transfer of wealth from you to the government, right? Yeah. And and then people eventually get really angry about that. And then the Fed says, "Oh my goodness, look at this terrible situation in which we find <laughs> ourselves that we had nothing to do with." Yes. And so now we need to raise interest rates in order to basically throttle the private economy, right? So we gave all this money to government to spend. Now, instead of taking it back from government, we're essentially going to take it from you, the the American people, right? We're going to have people lose their jobs. We're going to see wage growth decline. Why? So that we can reduce the supply of money that we ourselves jacked up in the first place. And and so these are the violent swings that the Federal Reserve uh, creates within our economy. And, you know, right now it's not even clear that that we're entirely out of that inflationary phase. You know, we we might very well be somewhere in the middle. The reason I say that is if you look at the latest data, I mean, the Fed didn't even hike rates the last time they met. Mm-hmm. They allowed the money supply to grow in the most recent month for which we have data. So the the idea that that they are really stomping on the brake um not yet. Not yet.
0: I have to say when they release these month-to-month or year-to-year numbers and the latest one said, well, the inflation, you know, 3%, it's down from 4% the previous month. And I think to myself, it feels like a lot more than 3% or 4%. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, Right, because they're talking about those numbers, but they're not looking at the big picture with where it was pre-pandemic. Right. No, no, absolutely.
2: So, you know, uh, again, this is where – uh, the the administration is is just touting the fact that inflation is only three percent. Congratulations! It's it's still more than two more than twice what it was when you took office. So bravo, I, I guess. I mean that's <laughs> like that's like telling somebody uh, congratulations. You still have cancer. The tumor is still growing, but it's killing you slower than it was before. How is that something to celebrate? You know, um, and, and it's really damning with faint praise to say, oh my goodness, we. Uh, uh uh you know we we've brought inflation down from from 9%. You were the ones that that drove it up to 9% in the first place. Right. Again, how is this an achievement? Yeah. Um so there there's that to consider but also also you know if you look at what inflation has been doing on a month to month basis for the last year. You know, yes over that entire year uh prices are up 3%, but if you look again month to month basis, it's been very steadily trending up at that rate, which tells us that Inflation is not trending to 2%. It has trended to 3%, and it is stuck there. There is no indication that it's that it's going any lower. But, but lastly, to, to your point, why is it that if inflation is 3%, so much of what I buy has gone up more than that? The Cleveland Federal Reserve, one of their alternative measures of inflation, mm-hmm. has it at about twice that 3% rate, only because they just remove outliers. So whatever is going up the fastest and whatever is going up the slowest, they take that out of the index and what's left almost double the official inflation rate.
0: And so why is the the Fed it seems like they're stuck on the numbers. And so they're stuck on no we got to have this 2% and that's why I think everybody fears that when they meet in 10 or so days they're going to do another rate hike and like you're saying tinker with the throttle and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. let it let it be. Right. Why, why why the number? Why is that so critical to them?
2: Uh, it's it's really just because, well, essentially, the whole reason they came up with that that two percent to begin with was that was what they thought they could get away with. So, right, because what we really want is a stable money. We don't want prices to go up. We don't want two percent inflation. But they figured out essentially that, hey, you know what? If inflation is two percent, the American people won't complain all that much. We can get away with that. That's where that whole two percent uh uh you know, metric really comes from. So. The reason they have to get it back there, though, is because they are stuck in this mindset of of inflation expectations. In other words, they think that if people and businesses believe prices will go up 2% a year, then prices will go up 2% a year, largely irrespective of what they do. Now, that's not actually true, right? There's no data to support that theory, but that is the mindset of the 300-something so-called economists at the Federal Reserve. So they really, really want to make sure that people believe in that 2% inflation target. And right now, they don't. If you look at both uh, expectations on the consumer end and on the business end, it's somewhere between two and a half and three and a half. So they've really lost control of that market.
0: So you mentioned off the top, EJ, and this is so important, you mentioned off the top that one of the first actions with his the swipe of his pen, executive orders, one of those uh, I don't know, it, Trump vendetta, vendetta, whatever you want to call it. Biden moves that first day when he signed those executive orders was to target the, the Keystone XL pipeline, the Mexico Canada agreement, all mm-hmm. that, putting mm-hmm. the kibosh on it. And it, it really comes down to energy policy. Am I right here that energy fuels everything? And when we have the fuel and energy pricing going on, and I'm reading about the Saudis and what they're doing, and a lot of, for a lot of people who just put, vote on the fact that well we need to be more green we need to have less pollution and i'm going to vote on this and no 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 we we have to worry about the bat the the battery powered stuff and the so-called clean energy can you just explain that as far as how the energy fuels the prices and why this is a huge mistake that we're pushing for these goals in a very quick manner that's that's accelerating and harming our economy
2: Sure, sure. I mean, people don't realize that solar and wind are actually completely unproven technologies. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that because you, you, you can go to, you know, one of the big box stores like Home Depot, let's say, and you can buy a little solar panel, uh, spotlight for, you know, for a plant around your house or whatever. And you're like, Oh yeah, that thing works fine. Why can't we just run everything off of that? You, know, the only reason you bought that in the first place is because it's so insanely subsidized by the government at both the production and the, the consumption level that it makes it somewhat affordable for you. So if you take all that away, you know, who's gonna pay a hundred bucks or whatever it would be for Mm -hmm. one of those little setups? Nobody. And it's the same thing with electric cars. Tens of thousands of dollars are cut off the price of an electric car. Because of both, it's it's subsidized to be produced, and it's subsidized when when you consume it, whether that's a direct subsidy or a tax credit, whatever the case may be. The same thing with solar panels for your house. The same thing with these ridiculous wind turbines that are killing bald eagles. I mean, it, it's just absolutely obscene. But all of that is hidden in the tax code. All of that is hidden in things like the, the Ridiculous Inflation Reduction Act, right? One of the most deceptively named pieces of legislation yes. in my lifetime, um, and, and when you when you artificially push people out of cheaper energy into more expensive and, and unreliable energy, what happens? That is going to trickle down into prices everywhere. One of the key reasons why inflation peaked at 9% in, in June right around a year ago, June of 2022 – uh, but but core inflation, which is where we strip out food and energy, why that has run so high for so long, even as the headline number comes down, those higher energy prices are still trickling down everywhere else in the economy. Right. If if you're a truck driver and you're having to fill up with with diesel that costs twice as much as it did a year ago or two years ago, you're passing that cost on to your consumers. So anytime you get a product literally anywhere, almost always it got to its final destination, wherever you purchased it, on a truck. So you are paying those higher diesel costs. And you may say, well, why are services going up? Okay, find me someone who provides you a service and explain to me how they don't use energy in their life, Yeah, right? If, if you if you are, uh, let's say you're, I'm trying to think of something that's completely non-goods related. Let, let's say you're a tax professional, right? And you help people do their taxes. Mm-hmm. So you know you still have to, you still need energy for your daily life right you still need to heat and cool your home you still need to transport yourself places whatever the case may be as your energy costs go up what do you do you need to somehow pass that on to your consumers to try to make up for your lower uh, uh, your lower standard of living because the cost of living continues rising so we're essentially playing this game where everyone's trying to pass these higher energy costs on on to everyone else in other words we all end up paying for it anyway mm-hmm. So you, know, you you may not think that, that, oh, the the price of gas or the price of diesel, oil, natural gas, whatever matters all that much. Yes, it does. You know, the bulk of our plastics here in the United States don't even come from oil. They come from natural gas. What do you think happens when the price of natural gas goes through the roof?
0: Yeah, it's that I love to connect the dots. And that's why we appreciate E.J. and Tony, because you connect all the dots for us and make it make sense, because I think. There are a lot of people who just go, oh, well, we should have clean energy and have a battery powered vehicle and not really think it all through. Not that I'm against, ultimately, once they perfect the technology, but to your point also, I've done so many interviews about the wind turbines, which we're going to see off the Jersey Shore, mm-hmm. but the the fact that, first of all, people's initially, at least for the first what decade, their energy costs are going to go up, but then as well... The maintenance, the high maintenance of these things, of these huge turbines, and then what is their actual life? It's not like they're a permanent structure, right? So right. nobody's even talking about the maintenance issue.
2: No, I mean solar. Solar. There literally is not a solar panel in the United States that can reach voting age. They don't. They don't <laughs> even last
0: two decades.
2: And and these things are almost impossible to dispose of. They are so environmentally damaging.
0: That's and nobody talks about that. Right. That's and I'm all for it if they can figure out. Especially hybrid, and I even say that with vehicles. I have a hybrid. We have a. My husband has a hybrid vehicle. They're fantastic because your gas-powered engine just, you know, recharges the battery. It's perfect. I mean, why not just go hybrid? But they don't even want to do that. It's bizarre.
2: It it, it is. It, but look at look at in terms of electricity generation, nuclear is the answer here. If you really want to go zero emissions, right? I mean, nuclear waste can be stored so incredibly safely. All of the nuclear waste that has ever been produced—not just in the United States, but in the entire world—can can fit into uh, it can fit into the link very easily. So the the idea that that somehow uh, this would be just environmentally ca- catastrophic is just not the case. If if you really want to go zero emission, nuclear is the answer. But the greens are entirely against it.
0: I think it's that ominous. I think of Limerick when I go out there to the outlets and. It's that ominous plume of, it's, it's not smoke, it's like the steam. It's, it's literally it's just ominous. steam, it's water vapor. <laughs> I don't really know why they're against it. Uh, the, the, the cynical side of me thinks, well, they can't, the politicians can't fundraise on it and they can't get enough vig, as Yoli always says, they can't get the money off of it. That's the only thing I can really think of, in truth.
2: Well, you know, when, when people's words and their actions don't line up, <laughs> I always suspect they're lying, but what do I know? <laughs>
0: I want to talk about the Pennsylvania budget. I know you've written you you've written so many great articles, but just to go through, you've talked a lot about, and I'll give you some headlines just to get your reaction. Pennsylvania covering lawmakers' expenses, but doesn't ask for a receipt. Another one, state-related university funding on ice now in Pennsylvania. So, can you talk about those two issues that you've written extensively about, EJ and Tony? Sure, sure. I, I mean.
2: Yeah, you know, there there used to be a, a law in this country that you know uh, politicians couldn't vote themselves pay raises, right? <laughs> and and that was probably a very good thing, and and that's clearly gone out the window. Um, you know, sometimes we forget that that politicians are, are, are people like everyone else, and, and they operate on their own self interests, and they will do whatever they can for themselves that they think they can get away with, whether it's at the public expense or not. And and when you have when you have things like uh, you know these just i mean let's be honest it's a blatant money grab right I, I can just jot down on on this spreadsheet like oh yeah i had this expense for like this number of dollars and not provide provide a receipt i mean we're, we're really going to trust like one of the most notoriously dishonest groups of people in the country with this as an
0: honor system call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
3: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent, up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Uh OK, sure, sure. Um, I, I mean, the, the entire budget, I don't care if we're talking about the state budget, the federal budget. These things are just so insanely bloated. Right? They are at unsustainable levels. They are on unsustainable trajectories in, in terms of their growth. Uh, it, it's time to start taking a, an axe to these things, not a scalpel. Right? We don't need small deductions here and there, small tweaks. No, we, we need to just start cutting out things whole cloth.
0: Yeah. I mean, everybody else in the private sector, so, uh, there have been times, if it's not big enough, I don't even bother. It's such a pain to put in any kind of an expense report because your company, if you work in the private system, private enterprise, wants every little receipt and everything right in order, right? And you have to have the actual receipt, and because they want to make sure that you have you have the actual receipt, and you can prove that this in fact is covered, and the company is going to cover it. I would just love to see that in place.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Otherwise, you get things like uh, what's the guy's name in D.C. Eric Swalwell, I think, right? <laughs> the Democrat congressman who, who, like, you know, is is expensing, uh, uh, you know, his Chinese prostitute or whatever. It turns out was a spy. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, it's just, you just you can't make this stuff up, no. folks. You you really can't. But oh, yeah, here yeah. we are.
0: Pens- can you give me your overview of the Pennsylvania budget as far as schools? I know for me as a parent, just a small thing that I talked about this week, but or not a small thing, but. In the schools, for example, when they don't have the budget, it means it's tougher to get the books to the kids. I mean, the, I just want to bring forth tangible um, evidence of how we feel the pinch when they can't get it together over a budget that was due. It's now well overdue. It was due by July 1st. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. And it, you know, it's the spending on schools is, is particularly bad. When, when you get into the inner cities, right? Philadelphia is is just—I mean—it's the absolute worst. Their their spending per student is is a multiple of the state average. It's a multiple of the national average. And and what are we getting for it? Are are the kids better educated? Are their test scores higher? Are their educational and other life outcomes better than yeah. than again the state average or the national average? No, it's it's not the case at all. And even if you look at areas of the city. Where groups are, are not nearly as disadvantaged, right? Where mm-hmm. you're talking about groups that, that maybe have the same median income as the rest of the state or the nation as a whole. You, you find the exact same thing. The educational outcomes are still below average. I mean, it's astonishing the kids in this, in this, uh, in this district that can't read or write. I mean, at all, let alone on grade level, you know? Um, one of the best things we could do, which, you know, the governor basically just stabbed everyone in the back on. Yeah. Uh, would be school choice you know people don't realize school choice is it's better for the students it's better for the parents the families right yeah. it, it's even better for most teachers because most teachers let's be honest are are not are not the 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 lazy ones right mm-hmm. i think sometimes teachers in the city of philly can get it can get a bad rap yeah because agreed. because the minority who who you know, you do you do have some really bad apples don't get me wrong But that minority that is incredibly lazy and are very bad educators, they give the rest a bad name. Well, if we actually have school choice, right, and and students are free to go and families are free to go to whatever school uh, that they choose, what are the good schools going to do? They're going to hire all the good teachers and the bad teachers are going to lose their jobs. Because if you're a school, right, and you have a bad teacher on the books right now, you can keep that teacher and start losing all your students or you can fire that teacher. What are you going to do? You're going to fire the teacher. Because you have to compete for students. Yeah. And so the the good teachers stand to win from this. The the students stand to win. Families, parents stand to win, right? The only ones who really stand to lose are the bad teachers and the, and the union bosses within the teachers' unions. Yeah. That's it. But unfortunately, those are the ones that, that have all the power when it comes to donating to the politicians. And that's why the governor essentially gave this big middle finger to the rest of the state.
0: Are you because I've done interviews on this now for quite some time and I have I've a split some I still have some um, within the system who are hopeful that Shapiro will ultimately do the right thing in the lifeline scholarships issue but are you you've lost hope you think it's a done deal he won't budge at all now
2: No yeah I, I have absolutely zero faith in him in him it's whatsoever um it, 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 it is a shame because the the people who need this the most, Right. The people who are the most disadvantaged and for whom education is the only way out of their cycle of poverty. He just pulled the rug out from under them. Right.
0: It's so disappointing. It really is. It's devastating to me. I was I was, you know, um, before July 4th break, I was saying, wow, good for you, Josh Shapiro. We all were. And so now he's he's really being criticized on this one. Okay, EJ Antonio. So you grew up. You grew up in this area. You're visiting family in this area.
2: Yes, Give and yes. A little personal. Yeah, yeah. And north, yes. northwest suburbs. And actually, you know, It was kind of funny driving in. Uh, I, I was on a, a stretch of uh, Lincoln Drive this morning, and yeah, you know, I haven't been on that road in, in, in years, <laughs> right? Because I've been living in DC. <laughs> And uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, wow, this is. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's smooth as glass or anything, but it's it's a world better than the yeah. pothole ridden uh, uh, street that it was in in my youth, where you couldn't even really speed that much if you wanted to because you'd wreck your suspension.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lincoln Drive. I drive it every single day because I'm in the Chestnut Hill section of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The first time I drove that, and I even tell my kids just avoid it right now because they're teens and just getting you know we're doing permits and stuff first time I drove it, I said, I will never drive this again. I will. And now I just drive it, you know, like as if I'm, you know, in the Indy 500. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but we come in in the dark in the wee hours of the morning. What, you know, what's your hope and your advice? I mean, if you could, because we all do this, right? If, if there are days where I say, oh, if I could have an, uh, an hour with so-and-so, whether it's the mayor, whether it's the governor, whether it's the president, but from your perspective, As an expert on the economy, as an economist, Mm -hmm. what's the, give me the three, the top three, if you could have time with some of these individuals who I know are Democrats, what would you, what would your cell be to say, this is why you've got to do XYZ to make it better for every single American, but especially those who are, who are in poverty or teetering on poverty?
2: Wow, that's a good one. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not even sure the the three people would be politicians I think they'd probably be donors. I think I'd find the three biggest donors to uh you know to the mayor to the governor to our our state sen our two state senators whatever the case may be. Um and, and I think I would I would get to them because frankly I mean I think a lot of these politicians know that the, they know the mistakes they're making. They know the negative consequences that these these policies are having on the American people and they do it anyway. Why? Because the money's there. Right. Again, politicians are people and they operate on incentives just like you and I do. And and when their primary incentive is is money, which I mean, come on, you you can't tell me it's not right. Look at the salaries of politicians and look at the increase in their net wealth during their time in office. Right. Enough said. So I, I would go after the donors and I would explain to the donors like, look, this is what you think you're accomplishing. Here's the reality. Right. You may think you're protecting funding quote-unquote, for public schools. You may think that somehow throwing more money at the problem is helping these inner-city youths. It's not. Here's how it's harming them, right? Here's how all this does is cause growth in the administrative state within the Philly public school system, right, as opposed to hiring more teachers or better teachers, let's say. You know, I I would explain those things to them versus actually going after the politicians who, frankly, I I don't think I'd be able to change their minds.
0: I love that take. You remind me of... There was a story of the fact that in shore communities up and down the east coast and further east that they were gonna put wind turbines. And it that that in fact these were wealthy people who donate regularly to, you know, congressional campaigns and political campaigns and so on. And so they picked up the phone and said, You're kidding me, right? You're gonna ruin my view. And if you look at where the turbines are, if you think of the Jersey Shore, they're in right, right. really Republican held, like you know, Cape May County, Atlantic City, right? Well, we a lot of the, the, the Delaware. There no there are no turbines where you could see off the view where it's going to ruin. For example, the Biden's view of their from their beach house.
2: Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, why are there not wind turbines off of Martha's Vineyard where the Obamas live? Mm-hmm. Right. No, in, in, instead, like you said, we're going to put them in in all the places where our, our voters don't live. How convenient <laughs> is that? You know. But but it, regardless of where we put them uh, offshore, they're still in the ocean. Right and and those electromagnetic pulses uh, from the undersea cables that are carrying the electricity are still disrupting, uh, uh, you know, fish and other marine wildlife. Like that's a big reason why we have all these whales washing up on the Jersey Shore on Long Island. Right? I mean, again, where are the environmentalists? I thought you cared about the wildlife. I thought you cared about these sea creatures. You're you're literally killing them with your pet projects.
0: Well, to your point, I think Cindy Ziff is coming on next week again. Cindy Ziff, who my husband, Larry and I, we've known her for years, and she's known as the voice of the ocean, and everybody loved her and she was a media darling until she started speaking out about these wind turbines, only saying, pause, just do a little bit, study it, and then just pause these massive I mean, you're you're talking about the size of, I think they said three Grand Canyons off the Jersey Shore. That's what and off the East Coast here, that's what we're looking at. And she has been threatened. She has been told like, are you being funded by Republicans? And she said, it's me, Cindy. I've been do, I've been fighting. I fought off the Republican then funded with the oil drilling and all that stuff off the Jersey shore back in the day in the eighties or whatever it was. So that's to your point. Anybody who is that longtime environmentalist who was the media darling, they're literally being threatened. When they now are doing being consistent, God forbid.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. I think I think it's Dr. Patrick Moore. He, if I remember correctly, he's one of the founders of Greenpeace. Uh, and and he left the organization when they stopped being focused on things like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be dumping toxic chemicals in Lake Erie, right? And and started to go down this this uh, this ridiculous rabbit hole of, hey, we need to get rid of all CO2 emissions, you know? And 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 he, for example, has pointed out that. Uh, You know, more CO2 in the air actually has a lot of benefits. And <laughs> and even even when you account for, uh, you know, some of the worst climate models and all of the negatives that they attach to higher levels of, of CO2, the, the benefits that we get from cheap and reliable energy outweigh that so much that you can very easily mitigate against those negative climate effects. and And yet what happens to him? He is silenced. He is threatened, like you were just saying. Why? Because he's not towing the party line. So apparently the party line was not about protecting the environment uh, to begin with, I guess.
0: E.J. Antonio, you're such an important voice that we all, need to, we all need to hear from. And that's just it, having the conversation. And somehow in these days of social media and, and divisiveness, we're not having the conversation. And so I really, we just appreciate you. Thank you so much. No, my pleasure. 100%. You got to come back. We love you in person. And you look great. Anthony's, I love being here. Anthony's got you on uh, on camera in the big studio there. You look great. It's a great fit.
2: Thank you. Thank you kindly.
0: <laughs> well, have fun at home. I know this is home for you, and, and uh, we appreciate from your family that uh, they're sharing you with us,
1: EJ and Tony. Thank you. Thank you, Dawn.